Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share the journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career, adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, in order to help other women with their motherhood or career life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new to One of a Kind You, welcome again. This podcast is a place where I share a journal entry from around 2015 at a point where I was really struggling with life in general, uh, life as a stay-at-home mom, but also as a partner to my husband. And after I share the entry, I then um, do a little analysis. I share what I know now and what I wish I had known then and hopes that it will help you or maybe someone that you know. So I'm just going to go ahead and get started. This entry is from December 11th, 2015, and I write, This week has been rough. The Newark Parking Authority, running the stop sign, Lily at Girl Scouts, my meltdown after Girl Scouts. I've reached a breaking point with no end or solution in sight. It will pass when? Faith and talking to God are such new things for me. I'm trying really hard to have faith and believe there is an after this. I am constantly telling myself that my situation has always been in God's hands and this has been his plan for me all along. Pete kept saying I'm unhappy. It isn't unhappiness, it is frustration because I don't have anyone to lean on or to help me when I've had enough. I have to continue pushing through. Eventually exhaustion and loneliness set in. At the point at that point I'm ready to throw in the towel. One person can only take so much. It might be less overwhelming if I had some time to care for myself, like getting my nails done, getting a haircut, meditating, writing in my journal. I don't, and it perpetuates my frustration because 99% of people get to care for themselves on some level. For me, it is super important because I'm trying to habilitate myself and don't know where to begin. After my meltdown, enduring it, I feel extremely guilty because I know Pete's days aren't a cakewalk. It puts more stress and pressure on him, and nothing comes of it. I'm still at the same place before the meltdown. Think positive thoughts. You are equipped. This is where you're meant to be and everything will work out. So um, this entry was written in a time of such desperation and hopelessness. Um, And I remember, I don't remember everything of the rough week. I don't remember Lily at Girl Scouts. I don't really remember the meltdown after Girl Scouts. So I'm assuming that means I melted down after we got home and I probably melted down because Lily was being a brat and um, that was embarrassing and overwhelming in the moment. But I do remember the stop sign incident. And so I will share that with you uh, more in depth. So all of the things that I made the week rough, all the things that made the week rough Uh, and feel overwhelming at that time, I created those feelings. I took everything personally. I made things my responsibility that weren't. So I had created this meaning around Lily being a brat at Girl Scouts that I was a bad mom or that people were judging me because my kid was being a brat. And um, quite honestly, there were lots of girls at Girl Scouts who were nidgy-budgies or who were um, not having the best behavior. But I magnified my child's behavior to, to make it about me when it really wasn't about me. It was about Lily and her own um, needs being met at Girl Scouts. And it was not about me. And you know what? If parents did judge me or think badly of me, not my responsibility to, to change that perception or even to take that on. But I, I didn't know that in the moment. 
So I was so worried of what others thought of me because I didn't think very highly of myself. And so I was doing everything I could to convince myself that I was a good person, I was a good mom, that my life was perfect. And I will, um, this is really highlighted in the running the stop sign incident with taking responsibility for things that weren't my responsibility. So on this particular day, uh, the girls had a dental appointment. And to just be honest, I have the worst anxiety with the dentist, so I don't prefer to take the girls to the dentist because I'm not much help. Pete is much better at managing the dentist and dental anxiety, so he is a much more calming person at the dentist than I am. So I've delegated that to be his thing. I'll take the girls to all of their other appointments, but I just can't do the dentist. So on this day, he had taken the girls to the dentist for their cleaning, and he had sent me a text saying that he was done and I could come meet him to get the girls. And I was in the middle of Christmas wrapping. I hadn't dressed or showered yet that day. And I felt like, oh my gosh, she's ready. I'm not, I need to go, go, go. And so I put the dogs in the car and hauled it to the dentist's office. And I took a way that I usually didn't go. I had never been on this road before and there was a stop sign. And I had such tunnel vision of needing to get to the dentist, needing to get the kids, and allowing Pete to get to work because he was late for work and he was busy and I had created this chaotic situation and I was speeding down this road and I honestly never even saw the stop sign. Well, ironically enough, the sheriff lived right at the stop sign and so it was a three-way stop and his house was right at the stop sign and I suppose he was getting in his car to leave for work or something and he saw me blow through the stop sign. So he pulled me over and he asked me if I had seen the stop sign, and I said no. And I was, I was, I had to get the kids from my husband who was at the dentist waiting for me. And you know, he lectured me about about my unsafe driving. And I said to him, I completely understand. I would be devastated if I ran over a child or caused an accident. I would never be able to live with myself. And he gave me a warning, and I apologized profusely and continued on my way to the dentist and as soon as I got out of the car I just broke down sobbing and Pete was like are you okay like what is going on and I was like no I'm not okay I have the weight of the world on my shoulders and here's the thing I didn't need to have the weight of the world on my shoulders no one was asking me to carry that I had put that on myself I had made it my responsibility to rush to the dentist to get the girls from Pete because I had told myself, Pete is busy, he needs to get to work immediately, I have inconvenienced him by having him take the kids to the dentist. Hello, uh, newsflash, they're his kids too, so he is able to help and should help. It's not my job to do every single thing for our kids. It's his job to help. And so, oh well, he was late for work. If he couldn't have done it, he wouldn't have said, okay, that day works for their appointment. But I didn't see any of this and I wasn't processing any of this. I had just had this in my mindset that I was a burden. I had inconvenienced him because I was making him wait to work because I wasn't taking the girls to the dentist and I needed to get there immediately. And in doing so, I could have caused a serious accident. So needless to say, once I got the kids in the car and I drove them home, I drove home like my 89-year-old grandmother, putt, 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 I looked for stop signs, I looked for red lights, and guess what, I did not go home the way that I came. I went home the road that I usually take 
and that I know very well, but I still was driving so cautiously. And so that right there, that situation with the stop sign should have been the thing that like shook the life back into me and said, hello, Kim, you are living out of alignment. This is crazy town, sister. What are you doing? You are going to kill yourself or someone else. But that wasn't enough to snap me out of it. And at this time, too, I was starting to contemplate, you know, like, maybe I need to talk to God. Maybe I need to have faith that things are going to be okay because me using my logical brain clearly was not working for me. And so we had um, a religious bookstore um, not far from us, and it's since closed. But I, I remember I went there, and I was like, I'm going to buy a Bible and I'm gonna learn the Bible, I'm going to learn about having faith, I'm going to learn about religion, and, um, and thinking that that was gonna be what helped me. And, and I thought that because I wasn't raised in a religious household, at my dad's house or at my mom's house. My dad's mom, my mom mom, is a devout Catholic, and she's part of the reason that we, I wasn't raised in a religious household. So when my dad was growing up, they had to go to church on their vacations and so they would pack their Sunday best and my grandfather would drive them around in their station wagon until they found a Catholic church and they would go to church on their vacations and when they weren't on vacation they were home my grandmother would go you know the whole family would go to church and then after church my dad and my uncles would sit in the back of the station wagon in their Sunday best while my grandmother went in to do the grocery shopping so my grandfather my dad and my uncles would wait in the car for her and she is um, not the fastest shopper because she has coupons and she looks to make sure she's getting the right item on sale and all of these things. And she would be in there for hours or what felt like hours to my dad as a little boy. And he said he can remember sitting in the back of that station wagon and making a vow to himself that when he was an adult, he would never go to church. And if he had kids, he would never drag his kids to church the way that he was dragged to church. And so because of that, we did not talk about church in my household. We did not talk about God. We did not pray. We did not have faith. None of those things. So when the tough got going, uh, we took it on ourselves and tried to desperately control things to get the outcome that we wanted or that we thought we should have. And so because I learned that as a kid, I then took that into my adult life. And this actually, this, this lack of faith and this need to control things um, ended up making things more stressful because... The things that I was trying to control or that I was trying to orchestrate didn't usually work out. And then I would try to control even more and they would continue not to work. And it was just this cycle that would repeat over and over, control, not work, control, not work. And the more that happened, the more desperate my grasp would be. And so that was basically what I was doing through life. I had this desperate control, uh, this desperate need to control every little single aspect of life. Uh, how Pete would act when he got home from work, how the girls would behave at Girl Scouts, how the girls would behave in public, how I would behave in public, how things would go on a family outing, how things would go in the car. Every I, I just tried to orchestrate and control every single second of every single day. And it's no wonder I felt like I was at a breaking point and losing my mind and having meltdowns because that's just not realistic. That's just not feasible to pull that off every single day. And no wonder I felt exhausted and frustrated. And so, you know, it made it then feel like I also didn't have people to lean on because I was trying to be the puppeteer and, and, you know, have everything fall into place. But what I realized now is at that point, I actually did have people to lean on. I had my husband 
because he continued to listen to my crazy town rants and my meltdowns and he didn't always have the answers and he didn't know how to help but he was at least willing to listen you know venting to him didn't change things but at least he was there and my girl scout co-leader I could have gone to her but I was too embarrassed to admit that I was struggling and at this time I was also teaching at a local university and I recently had brunch with my department chair um, that I worked for at the time and we were talking about um, the ebbs and flows of life and you know I was sharing with her the struggles that I had then and how um, that has positioned me to where I am now with my perspective and um, philosophy on life and she said to me Kim I had no idea that you were going through any of this why didn't you ever tell me and my response to her was I didn't want you to know I was embarrassed because I thought then she would look at me differently or think that I wasn't capable of of being a college adjunct instructor for her and I was worried that she would fire me and instead she would have been there to help as would my Girl Scout co-leader in the ways that they were able to help and it might have not been what I needed, but at least they would have been willing to try. And so the other thing that I, I read here and I think, oh my gosh, Kim, you could totally get your nails done. You could totally get a haircut. You could write in your journal. Obviously you've been, you know, I have these journals and I didn't write in them every day, but um, I started this journal, um, is started back in October. So October, I wrote almost every single day in this journal same with November and it seems that I've written almost every single day in December so I was able to take time to write in a journal I was able to take time to meditate um, because I've meditated every single day since 2014 so uh, without missing it without missing a day but here's the thing um, it really wasn't about being able to do those things it was about being able to make myself a priority I wasn't able to do that or I didn't feel like I was a priority so when I wanted to leave the house and leave the girls with Pete to go get my nails done or to schedule a hair appointment I felt like I was a continued burden by saying to him oh you've worked all week and now you need to keep the kids so that I can go get my nails done or so I can go get a haircut those things felt like a luxury not a necessity but um they are a necessity because when I get my nails done, I, I always joke and say I feel human again. When I get my hair done, same thing. It's those little acts of self-care that make you have self-love and make you feel like you matter, if not to anyone else, but to yourself. And getting a haircut is like almost like a right. It's like a privilege. It's, it's the same necessity as showering each and every day because if you don't cut your hair and you don't feel good about yourself, you're not going to love yourself. Um, and so those were things that were not a luxury. They were a necessity, but I couldn't allow them to feel that way because I felt like a burden asking someone to keep the kids so I could go do those things for myself. Um, but the other part is too, is that in my mind, writing in a journal was the self-care that I needed or meditating was the self-care that I needed because that was what everyone said. Oh, if you write in a journal, you'll feel better. If you meditate, you'll feel better and generally that is true but this um, self-care that I needed was so much um, it was like on a soul level uh, not on a surface level of hair done or nails done it was like deep within my soul I needed to love myself and and engage in some self-care 
and I needed to be able to do it without feeling guilty. You know, Pete, still every day we've been together for, uh, gosh, let's see, 16 years and he has worked out every single day that we've been together. And granted, it's not maybe a hardcore workout. It might just be taking time to stretch or taking time for yoga, but every day he has moved his body. He does not feel guilty about that. He does it when we're on vacation, when we've gone to Disney. He's left the hotel room and he has gone to take that time for himself. When we go down to my dad's beach house, same thing. He gets up in the morning and he takes that time for himself and he doesn't feel guilty about it because he knows that's what his body needs. He knows he needs that to feel um, happy, to feel like he matters, not from anyone else, but from himself. And I just wasn't at a point where I could give that to myself. Anytime I did anything for me, it, there was always guilt attached to it because I didn't feel like I was worth it to take that time for myself. I didn't feel deserving to take that time for myself, but yet I felt exhausted and drained by everything and everyone. And so um, I needed to be able to feel all the feelings that I had, you know, because I said, you know, in this entry, I felt bad um, about my meltdown. I felt guilty about it because I knew that Pete's days weren't a cakewalk and that it put more stress and pressure on him. But I needed for me to be able to feel all of the things that I was feeling without worrying about burdening Pete or burdening my co-leader or burdening my department chair. I needed to be able to feel those things and express those things because I wasn't allowing myself to fully feel them. I was allowing myself to feel them for me and I was keeping it bottled up and I was keeping it repressed. And so therefore I, re I was resisting it. And the resistance wasn't helping to clear it out. I was just making it grow and grow and grow and grow until it was all consuming. I also needed to recognize it wasn't Pete's job to help me move through the challenges. It wasn't my co-leader's job to help me move through the challenges, nor was it my department chair's. Um, they were just there to support me and cheer me on as I went, went on it. But it was my job and my job only to move through those challenges because this was my life, my journey, my path. And if I had expected someone else to move me through those struggles, those feelings, those challenges, their solution might not have been the solution that I needed. And I could have still felt as miserable as I did, if not worse. And so only I knew what I needed, but I just wasn't willing and, and I wasn't allowing myself to figure it out. And I ended this entry with think positive thoughts. Positive thoughts are important. Um, as is gratitude, but I could think all the positive thoughts in the world that I wanted, but they weren't making a difference because they weren't aligned with the behaviors and the beliefs that I had in that moment. My behaviors were that of someone who was miserable, exhausted, frustrated, defeated, lonely, isolated, and there were no positive thoughts that were powerful enough to change that for me in that moment because my beliefs weren't there and the behaviors weren't there. The positive thoughts weren't aligned with any of those things. And so I didn't believe the positive thoughts because they felt like a lie. They weren't, they didn't feel realistic. And so in order for those positive thoughts to be believable and meaningful, I had to change my behaviors. I had to change my beliefs around the whole situation. And so, um, you know, Pete taking the girls to the dentist, we'll just use that for an example. The positive thought there was, I am so thankful 
it's so wonderful that Pete has the ability to change his work schedule to take the girls to the dentist. That's so helpful because I was able to get the majority of my Christmas wrapping done that morning. That would have been the positive thought, but I didn't believe that. I believe like, oh my gosh, Kim, you're such a, a nuisance. You are an inconvenience. You are a burden and you are putting more stress and pressure on him than he needs by asking him to take the girls to the dentist. There was no positive thought there. And so I couldn't align the positive thoughts with where I was in that moment. And so as hard as it was being there and, and reading this entry, because I can feel the pain that I felt then, as hard as it was, that moment was really exactly where I needed to be. And so I was right. I wrote, this is where you're meant to be and everything will work out. I had to work through all the limiting beliefs and the negative feelings to be able to move forward, to be able to break the generational cycles that were present in my life at that time in order to grow. If I didn't go through this, all of these things that I wrote about on December 11th of 2015, I would not be where I am today. I would not be um, practicing gratitude. I would not be um, having the beliefs and the philosophies on life that I do. I would still be stuck back where I was on December 11th of 2015. So as hard as things can be, and as, and when we feel stuck and we feel like, oh, why me? Just remember that everything we go through, everything that we think, everything that we feel is really meant to propel us to the next level. Even if it's a small baby step of growth, it's really meant for that. It's meant to take you to the person that you're truly meant to be instead of staying stuck in the past, in the things that hold us back, in the things that prevent us from, from shining as bright as we are meant to be. So I just wanna thank you so much for tuning in today. And I hope that you found this podcast helpful. I hope that you love everything that I'm sharing with you. If so, please let your friends know and encourage them to join us. And I will see you next week.